Welcome to Inglorious Blasters Podcast, a Star Wars Legion podcast talking anything and everything glorious or inglorious about the game. My name is Corey, and today with me is John and Brendan. How's it going, Blaster Masters? Blaster Masters? I've never been called a Blaster Master. I'm trying it out. <laughs> blaster Bros? Would you, do you want Blaster Bros or Gentlemen? Which one? Blaster Bros sounds better. I kind of like Gentlemen. Blaster Bros. Okay, I feel like I'm a classy individual when you call me a Gentleman. I, okay, I'll, cha- I'll change it up. I'll change it up from week to week. <laughs> I like the alliteration. Blaster Bros. Yeah, I always do like a good alliteration. <laughs> Alrighty, so welcome everyone. This is uh, our second episode back. And today we're going to go over the critical hit term- tournaments that just happened in Maryland. And then we're going to do our brand new segment, uh, Fleet Troopers, Glorious or Inglorious, where... We are going to have two people on the opposing side of whether fleet troopers are a good unit or a terrible unit. Uh, And then we're going to have one player, uh, I'm sorry, one person be the judge of this. So we're going to have Brendan be our judge, uh, jury and executioner on the fleet troopers. And then uh, I'm taking the stance of inglorious for the fleet troopers. And John is going to take glorious. Alrighty. So how about we go over the critical hit tournament first? Um... It was a lot of fun. Uh, I was the TO for it. It was a ten, originally a 10-person tournament, uh, but then two people didn't show up, so we had a nice even eight split. Um, so that means at the end of three games, there is a clear winner that went three, three and zero. So that was nice. Uh, Brendan, you also went to this tournament. I did, and I did get to play. It was a lot of fun. I did not do so hot, but... I don't care. I had a lot of fun, and I, I tried some new stuff that I thought would be uh, very entertaining. Uh, specifically, putting some uh, grappling hooks on snowtroopers, because then they can expert climber up buildings, shoot, and then expert climber back down. <laughs> That's the spicy stuff. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> the tables didn't quite land in my favor for that to be as fun as I had expected. But, uh, you know face some tough matchups but i had a lot of fun doing it um my first so i was playing a uh, little vader dewback with some snows um and the first game i got up against a very bad matchup in a, a double airspeeder list uh my my all of my critical did it was not enough to handle the armor because you know just hoping for crits um However, yeah. did you at least take down one? I did take down one at the end, so I, I lost on VAPs on okay. uh, kill points uh, on that one. Gotcha. Um, it, it was real close. I could have won the objective if uh, one of my units didn't die on the last turn. Um, so, un- unfortunate there. But yeah. um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Corey did snap a great picture at one point where... One of my dewbacks had just enough space to walk between both airspeeder bases, and he landed there, uh, which was also the perfect movement for him to get into base contact with R2, uh, roll four hits into R2, which R2 then whiffed. So one-shotting R2 on only four hits. I mean, at that point, <laughs> I didn't care what happened with the game. I had the moral victory of, be- of killing R2 in one hit. That is a glorious yeah, You thread moment. that needle so... You thread that needle crazy. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, I mean, there was maybe a millimeter left on each side of that base for the dewback to fit between the two airspeeders. It was ridiculous. 
Um, my second match, I uh, played against a Republic player who brought some ATRTs, a Bark, and a lot of clones, and Padme. I believe it was an 11-act list. Um, you know, just with all, all the fixins. Um, I, I didn't say, but my first match was Limited Fizz, Major Offensive, and uh, Moisture Evaporators. Uh, the second one was the exact same. Uh, so that was a lot of fun, and considering he was basically just a clone gun line with some vehicles, uh, my Dubex and Vader just went in and killed everything. So, As they should. As, as they should. Uh, that was also on a uh, kind of a classic-looking Naboo table, where the uh, the grappling hooks were great on the snows. So I did have some fun with that. You know, one second they're behind the building, the next they're on top of the building shooting down on everything. I mean, my, my <laughs> opponent didn't see it coming, and he went, oh, now it all makes sense. So, Oh, that's what that does. <laughs> that's what that upgrade is. I've never seen this upgrade before. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, not only did I win handedly on kill points, I also won on the objective because... He put one of his evaporators on the building, so the snows were able to just go down a level on the building and get to it. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, yeah. that that was a the fun game. Uh, and then my third game, I was up against a droid player uh, with three ion spiders um, and some B twos. Um, unfortunately, for that game. Uh, it ended up also being uh, fortified positions, uh, and you know, he was able to get some good angles on my stuff and hide most of his stuff. Eventually, one of my dubacks got to him and started killing stuff, but it was not enough. And Vader got into his back lines. It was also hostage exchange, and I couldn't pull off all the Vader fun because. He won the roll off turn two when I was going to try and do all the Vader shenanigans. But, you know, uh, and I, the rest of my army just couldn't get through all of his stuff to get to the hostage. Uh, we tried, tried real hard, but uh, eventually Vader went down and it was a sad day. So, went one and two. Yeah. A noble effort. Uh, I mean, don't feel too bad. The double airspeeder list actually ended up winning the tournament. Um, so at least you lost to like the winning list. Yeah, right? that makes me go. feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His airspeeders were just like doing work like all day from, from uh, talking with them afterwards. So uh, still a scary unit. <laughs> yeah. It, it's cheap with full armor and some cover and surge to crit. I mean, the, the thing's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, super scary. I just, I wish I can accelerate, like, learning how to play them. <laughs> Whenever I play them, I just, like, drive them straight in, and then they usually die. I don't think that's the thing you want to do with them, but, um... Not usually. Yeah. Yeah, usually, but, like, I don't know. It just feels bad when they just, like, when you rush them in and they just, they just die kind of, like, fairly quick. They, ha they have to make up their points pretty quick, so... It's that, it's that compulsory move. I can't, I don't like to be, uh forced to do anything per se um when right, it comes true. to legion you don't you don't like the free action of a, a free move <laughs> it feels good when you need it but when you don't and you're forced to move forward into a hail of fire then that's when you're like Ugh. 
<laughs> oh, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, I like things with more movement control than that. So, right, very true. I, I see the huge upside to all the compulsory moves in the game, but it's, it's not a me thing. I like things that I can move into base contact and then just start killing. Yeah, and just start murdering. Yep, yep. Yeah. makes sense. Sweet. So, how about we move on to our Glorious or Inglorious segment? This sounds like a play. Uh, so I will be taking the role of Inglorious, and then John will have Glorious. Uh, Judge, do you want any uh, opening words before we get our debate on? And I think we're going to... John, I don't know how many points you have, but I have like three points listed um, for my side. I don't know about you. Uh, I think I have 18, so I should... Uh... <laughs> Oh, 18. Oh, got it. Got it. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> well, we'll be here all night. <laughs> well, before we, we get into the uh, debate here, uh, I want to just say I was chosen as the uh, impartial person because I haven't played Fleet Troopers. I have played against Fleet Troopers and had a lot of fun reenacting the hallway scene in Rogue One. But um, aside <laughs> from that... Not too much experience with the uh, the fleet troopers, so I'm looking forward to seeing what both of you have uh, brought for your arguments. Excellent. It's going to be a great battle. Uh, who do you want to hear from first? Well, since John's going to talk our ears off, we'll start with him. <laughs> should, we, uh, should we start by going through the fleet trooper card? Not a bad call for anybody who might be newer to the game. Uh, so fleet troopers are obviously a rebel unit. Um, they're currently at 40 points for a four-man unit with the one health and one courage, surge to hit, surge to defense, two white dice at range one to two uh, for their ranged attack, and one black die for their melee. They also have a keyword called ready one, where when they perform a standby action, they gain an aim token, because as we all know, they like to wait for some people to come through the door and murder them. So, they have also two heavy weapon upgrades to choose from. One is the MPL-57 Barrage Trooper, which is range 1 to 3, 1 black, 2 white, and it exhausts. It has the keywords Blast and Impact 2. Uh, and it also has the Scattergun Trooper, which is range 1 to 2, 2 red dice, and Pierce 1, as well as the other upgrades you can add the medical droid just a generic fleet trooper an astromech a comms tech or a rebel officer for all the varying points amounts take it away john so the uh, i will start by saying the mpl 57 barrage trooper that i'm reading off my ipad because i forgot that gun was a uh, a thing will not be part of the uh, arguments as to why this unit is glorious. <laughs> you, you mean to tell me you're not Sustainous. going to talk about one of the units that nobody puts on the table? Basi basically, <laughs> yes. Basically, so uh, so no. So my argument will be uh, will be based around the fact that we have a awesome forty point unit here that throws eight white dice in its naked state. Um, which on average is going to deal three hits. Uh, if you get one aim in there, you're going to deal 3.7 hits. And if you have two aims on a aim standby, granting yourself a second aim via 
the ready one keyword, you are throwing 4.5 hits on a 40 point unit um, with surge on defense. So it's not it's not the tankiest unit, but if you're taking a standby behind a building and somebody has to basically walk out into your fire lane and take 4.5 hits from a 40 point unit, that seems pretty decent, relatively speaking, to some of your other core choices in the rebel faction. To add to that, with a mere 23 point upgrade, the scatter gun adding two red and pierce one to the unit. Ready yourselves for these stats. Eight white. <laughs> <laughs> it's riveting. I'm on the edge of my seat. I do love. I do love the stats. I. Uh, if you John. John is our resident stats I, guy. I love a good Apparently. stat. Yeah, I love a good stat. So eight white, two red, four point seven hits. Pierce one. Eight white, two red, one aim, five point six hits. And then if you get the second aim via the aim standby triggering ready one, six point four hits. Pierce one. So if you have a five-man red save unit that pops out and eats that standby on the two aims, there you're going to reliably push through three to four wounds with the Pierce one, which is pretty substantial for a 63-point unit. And final argument, they got the sweet helmets. I think that's a morale booster for the rest of your army. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Those helmets are... They're shaped very phallic. <laughs> they are aerodynamic and they have a nice sheen on them that could potentially blind your opponent. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what you're saying is they're most effective in sunlight, but <laughs> where the sheen is actually going to reflect off the helmet. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe. I, I okay. know I'm the impartial um, judge, but their best defense is defending your neck. So from the back. So it's really good when they're the running back. away. <laughs> this is true this is true um i guess i'll give i'll try and give a little pushback so if you're take all that math is fantastic for the aim standby trick right and then you know i like how you created a scenario where you're forced they, and sometimes it happens where you're forced to move out into range two of them um but ideally you should not be <laughs> you should know their threat range and then when they throw that standby token down um that's like a big like red flag, like, hey, don't come here. Sometimes it's unavoidable, um, but like, ideally, if they're behind a building, you know like they're just going to sit there, and hopefully you never have to go interact with that objective that's, that's near them, right? Um, that's when they're the most scariest, when they, have to, when they take an aim and then a standby. That's okay. I'll just, I'll just stand back at range four. <laughs> uh, maybe I could plink off the standby um, a different way, right? Which, in theory, though, could be equally beneficial. So doing area control in an area-based objective where you force your opponent to um, either not move at all or stay clear of the objective or eat the shot, it at least keeps your opponent thinking. So almost like you use like a Jedi for area control. Not that they're always getting in the mix, but the threat of them being there is often enough to keep your opponent at bay. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you there that they are a threat, right? They have to um they have to get neutralized. Uh so I guess I guess that's good enough for pushback on my part. You guys want me to go into my points? Yes, please. 
Unless, unless Brandon, you want to say anything. Like, I know you're an impartial judge, but you can you can comment too. I, I will say I think that um, you know, as you guys were saying, the with them with the standby is definitely a threat. Uh, there are ways to mitigate the threat. Uh, you know, if you're able to get a shot on them, or you happen to get a, a Jedi around the corner who can then force push them to get rid of the standby, which is why I think. You know, personally, if you have two of them in the same area, that's where it becomes real area control because you can't force push two. So, right, <laughs> you know, and if the terrain is good enough, you can't plink those off either. So, I I will say I do feel as though they are area de- or uh, terrain dependent for sure. Like on an open table they get smoked and you're never really going to be able to set that shot up. But at the same token, a rebel trooper, um, you're going to run into the same issue, right? White save, white surging save. So it's the same. Um, you just, it is the same. Yeah. Yeah. So but, in that situation, but they, they both, do. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say in that situation, they're both equally, uh, they're, they're essentially on the same page. Whereas with the Rebel Trooper, a naked one at least, you're throwing the four black dice, which is going to be two hits. And if everything's in, you know, light or heavy, you're only going to push one, you know, potentially none, through cover, just getting yourself a suppression. Whereas at least when you have a higher ceiling with the eight white die, um, you have the potential to push through more. Alrighty, these are some strong points, but I'm hoping to come back at you with some stronger ones. So, first point is, for me, is that dice pools are too large nowadays for them to tank more than, like, one hit. Um, with some luck, you can kill them, like, or neuter them with just one shot. Uh, so, for example, back in the day, I had a death trooper shot, and I got the full boat of seven, and my opponent made no saves. <laughs> and this was at range four. Um... I'm saying, like, I know that's a lucky scenario, but these this is a scenario that could happen, right? You can severely neuter them. Uh, Shores shoot eight dice uh, at range three, and so do Rebel Troopers now with the DLT uh, that everyone's taking. Um, so dice pools are, like, gigantic, and the ceiling is gigantic for them to make all those saves, um, even if they're in heavy cover. And then my second point is I don't prefer them as... Uh, back objective grabbers. I know certain people like to use them to go tap a VAP or to maybe not a VAP, but to go grab uh, a box that you're holding onto. Uh, I would rather have a Rebel Trooper with with a range three shot to make a pot shot at something late game uh, than having to try and double move uh, into the ranges that in, to finally get into range for the fleet troopers. I'd much rather move, shoot, and get like try and get a lucky crit through cover. Um, as a rebel trooper at range three, I just don't see them being great trying to double move and trying to cut co- like the comeback potential feels a little bit better with a rebel trooper if you're behind, if that makes sense. Uh, and then let's see, my last point is I think they're fairly easy to stay out of uh, their threat range. All you really got to do is just be, um, what is it? Is it exactly three? Uh, yeah, if you be exactly range three of their leader, um, they can't move shoot you, right? So it becomes a range three fight. You'll get two shots on them before um, – you'll get two shots on them with that same trooper 
than they will before they even get to shoot back, right? And I'll say it again, like this, you know, the, with with the presence of like higher range dice pools and like all the critical going around, they're gonna get plinked off the board. And like, I feel like if you're doing threat prioritization correctly, you're gonna probably kill them first if they're coming right at you, barring there's no like crazy Jedi in your face, right? Um, that's what I got for you. Do you have a rebuttal to the coolness of the helmet? Oh, um, <laughs> that's what I was really looking for. I, are, to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I lose this, if I lose this argument, I will wear one of those helmets to the next tournament. <laughs> I don't think they're that good looking. <laughs> Definitely not a cool helmet. <laughs> Uh, well, if we're wearing Inglorious Blaster swag, I do not want you wearing the helmet, thereby associating myself with you. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So you're conceding the helmet point. Got it. Because if I were to, if someone said, do you see that guy in the helmet and we're both wearing the same jersey, I can't go, I don't know that guy. I don't know. They're going to look down and go, you obviously know him. You're wearing the same custom shirt. Oh, no. No, I just found right. this thing. <laughs> I don't know that guy. No. No idea who that guy is. Nope. Perfect. Um, do, you have any, do you have any other rebuttals you want to do, John, other than the, the helmet, I guess? I, so I will say, if running them in their naked form, I personally like, and this this could just be a personal preference thing, I like the fact that if you're comparing them to Rebel Troopers, they're each 40 points, right? They each have surge defense. But the fact that you need higher dice pools these days with how tanky units have become and the prevalence of, like, do-backs with Armor 1, um, the prevalence of things sitting in heavy cover and, uh, you know, doing situational awareness, dodge spam, all those different things. Units that only are throwing four dice like your Naked Storms, Naked Rebel Troopers, all those things, they they are not necessarily scaling as well with the game in their naked format. Like, you're never really pushing through hits. So I kind of like the idea that, yes, you have to get closer, but the possibility is still there because the ceiling is twice as high with eight die. And then the fact that you can get Pierce in there and plank off red save units, um, that's extremely enticing to me. So that would be just my... Yeah, I, but if for the naked for the naked versus naked um, Rebel Trooper or Fleet Trooper, you can't... I guess you can't really add the, the Pierce 2, right? You are just throwing... I get it. You are the ceiling is much higher. You are throwing eight dice, but you do have to be closer. You do have to be like a lot closer. If you're trying to make a, my argument is if you're trying to make a comeback, like you're in a losing position, I would much rather try and make a lucky shot at range, like a, like potentially a move, shoot at range three. Right. This is again, it's like super, like if you're in a losing spot, I'd rather bet on rebel troopers, just for that extra range. But I see what you're getting at. That's fair. No, I think from a objective-grabbing standpoint, they're pretty much on the same playing field with the same white save surge, um, surge on defense, that is. Well, surging both ways for fleet troopers. But yes, I I will agree. I do think there are situations where obviously having that range three shot. And when you start adding in the DLT, I mean, there's a reason why people are spamming them. It's a, it's a super nimble. sweet... Yeah. <laughs> 
they, it's just like it's so bonkers i remember um i mean sure i'll give him a shout out i don't care <laughs> this one's free guys um uh what do you call it kyle Dornboss at fifth trooper was talking about bringing a bunch of them like what like maybe a year and a half ago or two years ago at this point time is it's it's an illusion to me now i have no idea uh but yeah he started talking about like bringing them and i was like yeah like dlts seem good but it wasn't until like someone actually took it to a tournament i think the major one was adepticon yeah and then people were like oh that's really good (laughs) i could spam these there's 77 points and really, I mean, we were talking about this in our Discord the other day. They're really, the only way you counter that is with the high-velocity um, Galactic Civil War snipers or the AAT smokes them. But when they when they get dodged up at that range, like, you're, on, you're, you're hoping you, you get them to roll one, maybe two saves at that point when they're in heavy cover with the dodge. Yes. Yeah, it becomes a little much. Anyways, I think we've veered off track um yes yeah. brendan do you want do you want to push any do you want to push back a little bit on john or, or are you good or i'm sorry on my on me sorry on, on my points my bad john already won i will say uh cory i mean you're you have valid points on the limited you know range uh you know the if you are up against another list that has more range it's going to be tough to get them there to do some damage uh, I would like to know your thoughts then on two of the common ways that a rebel player could get around that problem. Uh, number one, the bus, and number two, rapid reinforcements. So you're asking me to argue for John? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm asking. I'm asking you, as they're not good. However, if those two things happen. Are they still not good? Okay, gotcha. So you're saying the bus, and then what was the last one? Rapid reinforcements, which is Rapid obviously dependent okay. on the cards, but, you know, a rebel player could bring I... it in their deck. Right, understood. Um, all right, so I have two... Okay, I think I have an answer for both. Okay, let's start with the, the bus. Um, if they want to... Let's pretend it's one bus, just for easy easiness. Sure. Um, and they put the fleets in there. And, you know, they got the, the scatter gun with the pierce. If Whenever they hop out of that bus, they take one shot. That's it. Guaranteed they take only one shot. And then they will die. I'm either going to melee them with something in my army, if, if I have a melee threat. You probably should nowadays at least have one. Uh, or you could just light them up with whatever you got, right? They will take exactly one shot and then just die. <laughs> so uh, the fleets have to make that count. I just don't see it being great after them just shooting at something once. Um, and then for rapid reinforcements, uh, that happens at turn one now, right? Yeah. Okay. So then um, if you deploy semi-smartly, you can try and deny some areas for them to rapid reinforce, right? You just have to measure range two from like all your units. Make sure you fan them out. I know as a droid player, it's pretty easy to fan out your droids. Um, in such a way that finding a rapid deployment for rapid reinforcement deployment for your fleets becomes pretty difficult, at least like, you know, near your deployment lines. If, you know, if they go behind a building, like you can't, you can't really stop that, but there are some smart ways you can like mitigate, um, 
at least in the at least in round one, where it becomes difficult for them to hop in. That that's what I got. I don't, and I don't know points. if I'd I don't know if I'd want them to do rapid reinforcements because I feel like their safety is being with the rest of the army. So as soon as you put them out, you know, stretched out in any any the slightest bit away from your main forces, I think then they do become an easy target to get smoked. So they they drop in, they die. But I think uh, keep, yes. keeping them, yeah, keeping them with the bulk of your forces, where you force your opponent to say, "Okay, if you're going to come up and take this shot on my fleet troopers and potentially wipe them out, they're only a sixty-three point unit. So what are you going to trade to do that to then take the?" onslaught from the rest of my unactivated units right so i think that's the only way it's very board dependent but it's it's definitely a risk to throw them in rapid deployment right like to just throw them super far up but i mean if the board says you can like go yeah that's fine i'll concede that like slightly (laughs) okay uh do either of you have a, a closing statement you would like to make? Uh, John, do you want to go first? A closing statement. I would just say that, uh, just to reiterate some of my points, they have a very quality shot, albeit at range two. They're pushing a, a high number of dice, and when you get the two reds in there specifically, you add a little bit of reliability to the pool and get that pierce. Um, in their naked state, they grab objectives just as good as a rebel trooper, naked versus naked. But if they need to, uh, if, if you're in a all-in situation and you're throwing them at your opponent, I think I would rather have the eight white versus the four black if the game has gotten to that point. I think either way, if you're if you have rebel troopers that you're assaulting with or fleet troopers that you're assaulting with in a all-or-nothing situation. You're really hoping for luck at that point anyway, if you're if you're charging your opponent with rebel troopers of any variety. So yeah, I like them. And they got the sweet helmets, which we kind of we kind of <laughs> ragged on, but they are cool. They're... <laughs> they are iconic. And shiny. And yeah. very shiny. Very, very shiny. <laughs> <laughs> so for my closing statement, I don't got to say much. Uh, they're just inglorious. I don't like them. <laughs> I just prefer to sit back. I, I would, given the choice between a fleet trooper and a rebel trooper, I would 100% pick the rebel trooper every time, solely due to the fact that DLT, nimble, situational awareness. I understand it's a little bit more expensive than the fleet trooper with the scatter gun, but you're getting you're getting all the tools you need to fight basically everything nowadays. So that's like my small, maybe unfair comparison, but. It, that's what it is. I'm going to pay the extra points to get the better trooper. Boom, mic drop. <laughs> oh, mic drop. You need that for recording. Don't drop it. All right. Oh, whoops. So, uh, well, I have to uh, say you guys both brought a lot of good points. And I will say uh, I'm going to use both words in the description, but there's a clear winner. I will say that fleet troopers are gloriously thematic with how they are set up. They shoot a lot, they might hit a lot, they might miss a lot, 
and they like to to wait for things to come around the corner and kill them. I mean, the movies have taught us anything about fleet troopers. They wait and die. Um, so rebellions very are built thematic. on hope. They are gloriously thematic, <laughs> but as a unit in Legion, they are inglorious. Uh, they are, I feel, too dependent on situation and table, um, and most armies are bringing things that are at a minimum range th- three or more. So, I mean, as stated, they're surging white dice. You can easily blank out on that, and if you don't have somewhere to hide, they're going to die. They they don't have the great ability to survive like their rebel trooper compatriots with dodges that never go away. Excellent. I'm victorious. Congrats, <laughs> congrats to Corey. John, you did a great job arguing for them. They are a great unit in circumstances, but they are I'm not, not going to get executed at my time. No. You, you said you know, Brendan no, was judge, jury, and executioner, so this isn't No, uh, the, goodbye, the people right? being executed are fleet troopers by Vader. In <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, John, uh, thank you for a great debate. Brendan, thank you for being the judge. Appreciate it. Yeah. I guess the next question is, what unit do we want to do next week? Do we tease it now, or do we let people have to find out next week? Do we reveal that we didn't even talk about this yet? Do we no, reveal we don't even know what random. we're talking about? <laughs> it could be completely random. Yeah. Yeah, I could uh, hmm. grab a die, roll the die, and we choose light side, dark side, and then we figure out from there. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we just we just figure that out later. <laughs> All right, figure that out later. Sounds good. Yeah, that's it. Seems like it seems like too much randomness, and that's probably not good podcasting space. Just listening to you, <laughs> listening to you like roll a die. <laughs> I'm just saying. Listen to the yeah. smooth. We can sound also just this cut die. this part out. No, I know. <laughs> Alrighty, you guys. Uh, you guys want to bring up anything else before we close it out? I will bring up that uh, we do now have a uh, Facebook page and an Instagram page, as well as our Podbean account, where you are currently listening to this, more than likely, because I haven't figured out how to share it other places yet. Um, <laughs> so uh, just, you know, search for uh, Inglorious Blasters or SWL Inglorious Blasters. Uh, you should be able to find us uh, on those. Uh, I will be sharing new episodes there as well as uh, pictures uh, going forward. Uh, I'm sure we can leave one, the uh, our social medias uh, in the description of the podcast as well. So yep. um, look, look out for it over there too if you can't find it. Uh, John, you good? Do you want to bring up anything? No, I just want to say thank you for uh for a riveting debate and brendan i know it was a hard decision you were 49 51 percent in favor of Corey, right on the edge yeah a, a slight yeah, breeze pushed you in his direction but yeah a, a, a slight breeze and that like 30 of the Definitely. points that went to john were for the helmets <laughs> all, it was pretty much all 49 points were the helmets <laughs> There were zero relevant <laughs> arguments. 
Hey, man, you you tried. Sometimes we're going to argue for, like, stances that just that are just really bad, right? You're just going to be on the losing end of it. But we're going to try and make it fun. I hope um, I hope everyone enjoyed this segment. Uh, let us know how, how it is. Is it interesting? Do you hate it? Uh, I'll take any type of feedback. <laughs> uh, feel free to comment on the Facebook, I guess. Or does Podbean do comments? I don't normally use that one. I think it might, uh, but I'm not 100% sure. I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> Alrighty, everyone. <laughs> we are the Inglorious Blasters. My name is Corey. I'm Jam. I'm Brendan. Don't run away like fleet troopers. Please come back. <laughs> Stay glorious, everyone. <laughs>